Support for AHLA comes from Pinnacle Healthcare Consulting. Pinnacle works with hospitals, health systems, ambulatory surgery centers, physician groups, law firms, and other healthcare organizations. Their team consists of experts in the area of compliance, audit and risk mitigation, medical coding, compensation and business valuation, strategy and operations consulting, and transaction support. Learn more about Pinnacle at www.askphc.com. Hello, I'm Jennifer Cottrell, CFO and COO of Pinnacle Healthcare Consulting. This podcast concludes our three-part series, exploring the career journeys of women leaders in the healthcare industry, where we have discussed their career trajectories, lessons learned, and advice for women leaders. This podcast is brought to you by the AHLA Women's Leadership Council, which promotes the engagement of women AHLA members and supports and advocates for career advancement and representation of women in healthcare leadership positions. The council is comprised of 15 AHLA members from diverse practice areas, geography, and expertise. The council provides a forum for networking, advice, and mentorship, and coordinates and develops educational content of interest to AHLA women members. This podcast series was planned in celebration of International Women's Day, Tuesday, March 8th, and is proudly sponsored by Pinnacle Healthcare Consulting. Today, I'll be speaking with Lisa Vandekeve, General Counsel for the Joint Commission. The Joint Commission is a nonprofit organization that accredits more than 22,000 U.S. healthcare organizations and programs, and through the Joint Commission's international accredits 80 different countries. Previously, Lisa served as Senior Vice President and Chief Corporate Responsibility Officer for Beaumont Health, where she was a member of the Executive Cabinet. Lisa is an active member of the AHLA, serving in multiple leadership roles, including a member of the Association's Board of Directors from 2006 through 2012. She is currently the Chair of the Fellows Coordinating Council. Lisa received a Certificate of Professional Development from the University of Pennsylvania, the Wharton School, and is a frequent speaker and author on topics related to healthcare. Welcome, Lisa. Uh, Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, I'm very pleased to be here today, and uh, I'm honored and humbled. Uh, It's uh, quite an honor to be uh, involved in this important podcast, so thank you. Thank you. So why don't you uh, just start by introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I am currently the uh, general counsel for the Joint Commission. Uh, It has been a wonderful, uh, long career, uh, 36 years, uh, working for hospitals and health systems in a broad range of legal issues. Uh, All of my career has been in Michigan, except for the last seven years in Chicago. It's like building a cake. You know, all of the experiences build on top of the next one, And the icing on the cake for me was becoming the general counsel for the Joint Commission. Because in this role, I have to reflect upon my health law experiences, my experiences as a health law executive, as a business executive. And I've had to work through many of the deep issues that frustrate us today and are continuing to be complex legal issues for the industry. Lisa, I love that. I love that, uh, that, that uh, image there of the cake, because boy, career, your career path is, is much like a cake, right? It's definitely different layers as well. 
Um, and that kind of brings me to my to my next question is, you know, tell us about your career path and what led you to your current role. Uh, again, a, a great question. Uh, when you think about a multi-layered cake, uh, it sometimes has a few lumps. Uh, sometimes it raises very well. So over the course of 36 years, I've really looked at my career as not just a job, but a career. It's mm. really become very much um, a vocation. Uh, early, when I first started to work in the health law area, uh, people said to me, uh, what are you doing? Uh, health law doesn't exist. Um, but you can go ahead and be a hospital administrator for a while. And that's what I did. Because at, in the early days, um, there wasn't a full-time job for a health lawyer. <laughs> so I've always been a continuous learner. I'll always be grateful to the American Health Law Association, the Michigan Hospital Association, because I've been able to extend outside of what I refer to as my day job for my passion for healthcare. So very early on, uh, my mother passed away in hospice and I took care of her day in and day out like many folks have to do. And I really developed a passion for end of life care. Uh, as a result of that, I became very active uh, with the Michigan Hospital Association. In fact, at that time, uh, Jack Kravorkian um, was active in Michigan, and the response by the state of Michigan uh, was putting together the Michigan Death and Dying Commission. So I actually represented the Michigan Hospital Association on that commission for two years, in which we studied end-of-life issues. Um, and I'll always be grateful for that opportunity and now when I reflect back, it, it seems almost impossible to think at that time it was illegal to have a DNR order, to have a do not resuscitate order in a right. hospital. And today it, it's, it's just come so far. Um, the American Health Law Association uh, uh, allowed me the opportunity to serve on the public interest committee, to chair that committee. And we did an, an end of life video and we authored many documents so today, when I see the evolution of patient rights, it's very heartwarming to see where we have come today and how well we respect the rights of the patients as part of the whole healthcare industry. So for women professionals, you really have to reach out of your day job, look for associations like AHLA, other associations that will give you that opportunity to have that full experience of having a vocation in health law. It's important because it also gives you that opportunity to feel that completeness that you need as you progress through your career. A fascinating background there. What, what, boy, I, and I can't even imagine if you've received one piece of advice, but talking about <laughs> valuable pieces of advice, is there one or there could be share with us multiple pieces of advice that you have received in your, in your career? Well, I think like all of us, uh, Jennifer, we get advice from people all the time. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. <laughs> sometimes we like the advice, sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's a little hard. Yes, sometimes it's difficult. <laughs> but we, we learn a little bit from every piece of that advice. And I think when if I group them together, some of the best advice came when dealing with clients. Mm. Uh, because, uh, you know, I look at being an attorney and a counselor. And very much the piece I enjoy the most is the counselor role. So in doing that, you have to have patience. You have to really practice listening uh, because you have to listen to understand before you can respond. 
And many times I have to catch myself because I'm listening to respond as opposed to understand. But in order to truly help someone or help your client, you have to understand all the issues. In addition, uh, it's important to get to the point <laughs> and not to ramble. And uh, here I am rambling. But, um, you know, I try to always be very much to the point. I spend a lot of time preparing remarks so that when I'm talking to a group, I try to hit just what I think they're interested in. And then practically, you have to admit, admit sometimes you don't know an answer. Hmm. And that's hard to do. But you can say, you know, that's a really good question. I don't have the answer, but I'll get back to you. And that makes you look pretty human. And hmm. also, it looks like you're really doing your homework too. And then lastly, I think creativity is important because looking at a situation, looking at it in different ways and understanding how that situation impacts your client helps you come up with a creative solution, sometimes a third alternative. And uh, that takes time and takes patience. So I know that that isn't just one piece of advice, but it's sort of an accumulation of advice that I've received over the years um, in working with some really outstanding uh, lawyers and executives. I love that. We'll talk a little bit more about soft skills later on, um, but I love that, you know, practice listening to understand. It is, it's so hard sitting in that role as a counselor, right? Wanting to, to add that advice, right? And to, right. And to, to bring forth that advice and, Sometimes it's just as important, if not more important, to listen, to understand. I love that comment. And I think um, we're trained to want to argue, right? We correct, listen and then we correct. want to argue a point. Right, right. And there, there right. is a time for that. Um, yes. So. Yes. Uh, how about an experience? Can you tell us or share with us an, an experience that has impacted your career or a lesson that you have learned? Boy, we have experiences every day. And I, you know, I talked earlier about uh, 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 helping my mother through the end of life and through hospice. Mm -hmm. um, there was a point in my career uh, where I did a lot of uh, medical staff hearings mm -hmm. and I worked with medical staffs. Um, there was a situation in which uh, I was working with a medical staff and with a board of tr trustees. And uh, we had a physician who was moving his way through the fair hearing process. And he was having a very difficult time. And I spent a lot of time talking to him. I could tell that he was having a challenge with it, but my role was to guide the organization through the process. And he was a very nice man, but found himself in a very difficult situation. Hmm. And uh, when it came to the day when we were having the hearing before the board of trustees, he didn't show up. Oh. And we couldn't reach him. And uh, it wasn't until a month later that I received a certified letter indicating that he had committed suicide. Oh, wow. And I have to tell you, I just stopped for a moment. I, uh, I, I was speechless. Uh, I felt just terrible. What could you do differently? Could right. anybody have anticipated this outcome? And I really don't think anyone can. But the lesson for me there was compassion hmm. and to think about the fact that we're dealing with people, we're dealing with people's lives yeah. and having that compassion and understanding of how this may impact someone, even if you're not representing them, is an important piece for all of us as professionals. Oh, yes. 
Well, uh, definitely. Um, I mean, multiple experiences there, but uh, I, I can only imagine that uh, the impact that that has had in your career, um, you know, and throughout your career. Um, do, do you have any, any role models or, or mentors who have impacted your career? Oh, it's interesting. Uh, 36 years is a long time. <laughs> when I look back, you know, I've had some wonderful people. You know, early on in my career, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of John Brady. And John uh, taught me how to be a lawyer and uh, spent a lot of time helping me understand how all the pieces fit together. He was a seasoned attorney and he took me under his wing. A little later in my career, I, I had just the wonderful opportunity to work for Cindy Wisner. Uh, Cindy Wisner was the general counsel. I was the associate general counsel. And uh, Cindy was always a kind ear. And I give Cindy credit for introducing me to the American Health Law Association. Mm. One afternoon, she invited me into her office to participate in a planning committee for the in-house counsel uh, planning committee. And from there, she supported my progress and has been a great colleague and mentor ever since. And then once I got involved with the American Health Law Association, I'm very grateful to Elizabeth Belmont. Elizabeth was a great mentor, brilliant attorney, and helped me think through many issues, both within the association and as a lawyer. I think it's just so critical as a lawyer that you have what I refer to as lawyers, lawyers, mm. lawyers that a lawyer like can that. go to and yeah. say, look, I have this issue. It's protected under privilege. I can't give you all the details, but just help me think through what the next steps are. Help me right. think through what the issues are. How right. do I make sure I've spotted all those issues? So, you know, I, I hesitated to mention any names because I've just had so many wonderful attorneys and professionals who have taken the time to guide me through my career. And I'll be forever grateful to them. And I hope that I am doing the same for uh, the next generation of lawyers. That uh, is a wonderful um, entree to my next question um, in terms of how do you describe yourself as a leader? It's interesting. I just been, finished about a, a year worth of training for um, the attorneys that work with me in our department. And we focused on leadership skills uh, for lawyers. And we focused on what type of leader are you? Because I believe that every lawyer is a leader. And I view my uh, style as a servant leader. Mm -hmm. I'm at a position in my career where I enjoy working with our legal team, developing career development plans. Um, I have a passion for people and I want to make their lives better, not just their career, but their career is one piece of their life. And how do we make their career better so the rest of their life is better? Uh, there are so many complex and difficult issues today, and they're happening so fast because of social media. And by working together and identifying how we can take that piece as a leader and produce better results and continue to follow a career, while at the same time, take care of every other piece in your family is an important piece. So I have to say, I'm really enjoying this, uh, this stage of my career. And I have to say that uh, our legal team is just phenomenal. Just a great group of lawyers and great group of professionals. 
Well, on that uh, same topic of, of being a leader, what, what do you think are some important soft skills? You, you mentioned it before, listening, being creative. Any other soft skills you can share with us today? It's interesting. One of the soft skills that uh, I talk about is executive presence. Hmm. You know, what is your presence? Uh, what does your demeanor um, say to the people that you're with? And part of communicating is having that presence hmm. and having that confidence that when you say something, it is the right answer. Uh, in addition, having some emotional intelligence. I know that phrase is used quite a lot, but being able to step away from what could be a fairly difficult situation, highly charged, and appreciate that it's not personal hmm. and that your role is to help whoever you're working with to move through the legal issues, which may also involve moving through some of the emotional issues that go with that. So as I said earlier, uh, listening skills are so important and practicing those listening skills. I still practice those every day uh, because I do fall into that habit of sometimes of wanting to get something done and just moving forward. So those are just some soft skills. I, I love that because again, going back to the listening, uh, when you are when you're present in the moment, then you can, you do have the ability to listen, mm -hmm. right? But that's hard as, as leaders, as, um, as lawyers, you know, not mm -hmm. charging forth, which is a natural reaction and taking that moment to pause and reflect. Um, it, uh, it, I love that executive presence, right? Because those mm -hmm. are those executives that really do take that time to, to understand by doing that. I just think it's really helpful if you find executives that you really admire is to mm -hmm. listen to them speak. And right. watch right. The, how they handle themselves, watch their movements, um, yeah. because you want to inspire that confidence. Yes, yes, absolutely. Lisa, tell me, what, what is something you are proud of? <laughs> well, it's, I, I, it's an interesting question, and I've had to think about that quite a lot. And uh, uh, I have to say that uh, what I'm most proud of is my family, uh, my husband and my daughter. They really have endured with me <laughs> and supported my career the last 36 years. Um, my daughter, before she started school, used to travel with me. I would oh, take wow. her on airplanes and get babysitters in hotels. And my husband supported my seven-day work weeks. Hmm. Um, he worked very hard also. But we always found that cadence of working together. Uh, I remember a time when uh, I was teaching health law at a law school. And I would take my daughter and my nephew with me to class and they would sit in the back of the room and do their homework. And, you know, I just reflect on the fact that it really became a family event. And uh, I'm just proud of the fact that we've supported our, each other through that. Uh, my daughter uh, laughed. I remember one time she said, um, you know, I don't play house. I play office. So, <laughs> She's she probably the best own. assistant, best assistant you've ever had, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about my career and my family's been a big part of it. And yes, I could talk about um, some, just some wonderful events that have happened over the last 36 years, but without my family, I, um, I couldn't have done it. So in our family, we work hard and we play hard. And uh, that unit has some, it will be, something I'm forever proud of. 
Lisa, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, any final comments or thoughts you'd like to share with our audience today? Well, I think as women professionals uh, and as lawyers, uh, it's, it's important that um, you not only take care of yourself, you take care of your family, but you just never give up. Hmm. You just get up every day, you put a smile on your face and you do the best you can. And uh, being that positive role model, not only for other attorneys, uh, other professionals, but also for your family. And when you get to the end of that journey, you can hopefully finish with a smile on your face. And uh, I hope that I hope that for all of you. And I would also um, say to anyone on the podcast, uh, please feel free to reach out to me if I can help in any way. Uh, and uh, again, I thank you, Jennifer. I thank the American Health Law Association for this opportunity. I'm very honored and very humbled by it. So thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Lisa. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to AHLA Speaking of Health Law wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about AHLA and the educational resources available to the health law community, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org.